What's up guys, it's your host Lopez, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into this episode today. If you're on Facebook and want to show some support with a like on the page, you can find it by going to facebook.com slash behind closed doors podcast or just searching behind closed doors podcast. You can also find it on Twitter at the BCD podcast and on Instagram at the behind closed doors podcast. Last but not least, follow the podcast on Spotify by searching Behind Closed Doors in the podcast section to see all the amazing upcoming interviews I have to come. Every Sunday, I post a picture of a band with a hint of who my next guest is. Then on Tuesday, I post a brief clip from our video interview with a good highlight of our conversation we had. And lastly, post the new episode up on Spotify every Thursday morning. Now, on to the episode. Just a second. I'm using this. It's called snuff. Oh. <laughs> you put it under your lip and make a ball. Has about seven times more nicotine than a cigarette. From Sweden. I was born in Sweden, so that's like a Swedish thing. Yeah. There's a lot of people that do it out here in the U.S. as well. Yeah. yeah. So where are you? So let me see. I should get more light. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's better. So where are you based? I am in a town called Wanata, Indiana. I'm in the northern part of the U.S. I'm close okay. towards Michigan and Illinois. So like Chicago and uh, Detroit and Indianapolis is my go-to when it comes to going to see anybody. So you guys, you guys have uh, snow. We have a lot of snow. Yeah, we had at least two two feet come down within the past week. Mm-hmm. What's it like over there in Finland? It's pretty cold. Yeah, it's about the same, I would say. Yeah, it's uh, where we go off a of fair night here, and it's about uh, let me take a good look. I think it's 15 degrees out today. No, 14 degrees this morning. Yeah, so. I don't know. I, I I would have to use a converter. <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. If, now it's not too cold here. No. Some well, last winter was pretty fucking bad. Yeah, <laughs> but now it's okay. It's it's not that cold. My my wife is from Croatia, so she's always cold. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's it's funny. You go to to the beach there, and as soon as the water is a little bit colder, they, they just don't want to swim. They think it's too cold. You no, know, you said you grew up where at now? What's that? You said that you grew up where? I was born in Sweden. You were born in Sweden. Okay. Yeah, was well, same climate. I was born in Sweden and my parents moved back to Finland when I was 13. I started the seventh grade here. In Finland? Yeah, but I went to actually finish class in Sweden. Oh, okay. So you can like I'm from, talk. I'm, the... I'm from, yeah, I'm from a town called Eskilstuna that has, has a lot of Finnish people. So they're, they're, schools have always one Finnish class. 
Nice. So what's so the big that. what's the big climate difference? Is there really much difference or same climate? Same climate. Yeah, uh, it's it was it's close to Stockholm. There's so maybe a little bit more south, but uh, not much. It's about the same climate. And where in Finland are you staying at now? Helsinki. Helsinki. Yeah. Is that is that the capital of Finland? Yes. Okay. What's it like with COVID over there? What's that? How is it over there with COVID and everything? Are you guys on lockdown pretty good or? Finland is, uh, I would say, probably the best country in the world. Uh, we don't have that many, uh, maybe daily 300 new ones. And because uh, they, uh, when it started, they locked up everything. They even locked up, you cannot leave Helsinki area because it, can, because it had most COVID. So they locked Helsinki, you could not leave Helsinki, you could not come only for like work related things, but they locked everything, all bars, all the libraries, everything right away from the get-go. So they did it pretty well, I'd say. That's how it was over here too. You couldn't really, you couldn't do much of anything, you know, and they even made it to yeah. where if you weren't going to like the store or doing anything necessary, I guess they could give you a fine out here. And yeah, I, yeah, it was pretty crazy out here for the longest time, but it's got, it's kind of gotten a little bit better. Yeah. The, the funny thing, well, one thing about Finnish people in general, uh, we've always liked to keep our space so it was kind of natural for a Finnish person to keep distance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing, uh, not, it's just normal. I mean, people don't go close to, to, to people you don't know. So it's normal <laughs> here. So, so you did not have to kind of teach them in any way. So that was, that was kind of, I guess, a blessing. So for you, you played drums and you played with him for the longest time. And then you are now with Flat Earth. What was your yes. first drum kit that you've ever played with? Uh... It was actually a Ludwig Acrolyte, one of those see-through drum kits. Oh, okay. So it was an acrylic and, type. Uh, yeah, because I, uh, I remember how it started uh, back in 81. My dad was uh, he plays accordion. Okay. They had a band with, uh, oh my God, 30 accordion players. Then a drummer and then a bass player and guitar player. And I, uh, I was uh, joining my dad because my mom was working so I couldn't stay home. So I, I joined his practice and I got interested in drums and I asked if I could, you know, try. And I did and I got interested in, and uh, eventually the drummer became my first teacher. And he had this drum kit and that was, that was my first, uh, first drum, drum kit. The first drum kit I ever bought for myself was we moved back to Finland in 83. I got a, 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 a Tom Swing Star. They made the low. Do you low still have that kit or no? What's that? Do you still own that kit now? No, no, I, I got rid of it. Oh, God, no, about 30 years ago. <laughs> now, uh, what kind of influences did you have pl playing on the drums growing up? Uh, Good point. Uh, I actually started as a guitar player. Oh, did you? Yes, uh, I started. Uh, I was born '71, so I started like '77 playing acoustic guitars, and uh, for my first time, 1979, we played punk and uh, got a little bit into drums. '81, 
then I heard Slayer's Hell Awaits album. I fell in love uh, with Dave Lombardo, who later on became, became my drum god. And uh, him, hearing, him, hearing him playing on that album made me kind of decide, okay, I'm going to uh, switch to drums. Even though I ever had a band, I was playing thrash metal guitar, and we finished 90, I think, six. And after that, I haven't played guitars in a band. Um, but I really started to more focus on drums. But Dave Lombardo is one of my heroes when I was growing up. And then Lars Ulrich from Metallica. And as well, Charlie Benante from Anthrax. So those, those, are, those, yeah. those are some pretty so, good influences there. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, Dave Lombardo is still my drum god. I've met him three times. Super nice guy. So, so cool. I mean, he's like a neighbor dude, like totally like a down to earth guy. Super great. And what a drummer. Oh, yeah. What kind of drum kit are you playing on now? With like, do you have endorsements? Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I played for Tama since 81 and I switched to Ludwig uh, about five years ago, just before uh, we released the last hymn album, Tears and Tape. So that was probably like five years ago. I changed to Ludwig, and I am proud uh, endorsee of Ludwig. How did that land? How'd you get with Ludwig? Uh, that's what people are saying because it's kind of tough. Yeah. Uh, uh, and when I when I got signed, there was only three European drummers. Everybody else were Americans. So I don't know. Uh, I think the a r at the time he was he liked the band he, he was he liked him i think and that's why he signed me uh, and and i guess he felt that i was kind of like an influential guy in europe they were kind of a little bit uh, uh they haven't been doing so well in europe because they did not uh focus on it but uh lately they have started to a little bit focus more on europe so uh i guess i was uh in a way, obvious choice because uh, at the time was playing in a quite big band. That's how they signed me. And then later on, that ENR guy he uh, he moved to Pearl Drums. Oh, did he really? <laughs> yeah, I did. Cool guy, Kevin Packard. Yeah, I was talking with Jess Margero last night from CKY, and he was talking about how he was signed with them too, and how, it, like you said, it's pretty hard to get with them. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because the thing is that they have a. A fairly small roster compared to the big brands like Tama and Pearl. Exactly. So their yeah. roster is their roster is small, so therefore they cannot sign so many guys. So do you ever play around with guitar nowadays, just like on the side, or? I'm I'm I'm, I'm I've always been a songwriter, so mm. uh, when I write songs, then I obviously play guitars. But uh, I have I've had a dream for for many many years. We find to be nice to to play in a guitar in a band, you know, after a long time, that would be nice. Maybe one day. I don't know. No, maybe, <clears> when, <throat> maybe when I turn 60, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I'm turning 50, 50. You turned 50 like this, this year. Eight. Which, which day is it today? Sixth. Today for, yeah, today's the sixth. So in two days, I will turn 50. No kidding. I'll have yes. that's awesome. I'll have to jot that down so I can give you a call and wish you a happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, the thing is that I, it, it's so funny about uh, you know. I remember when I when I 
when I was 20 years old, I was thinking, oh, when I'm 30, I'm going to be really old. Then when you turn 30, you start to think like, okay, uh, maybe when I'm 50, then I'm going to be old. And now I switch it, okay, when I'm like 70, then I'm going to be old. Because <laughs> I don't feel, you know, it doesn't feel like old. I guess you're as old as your heart is, you know? Exactly, yeah. Inside heart, I'm always, I'm always going to be a, like a 25-year-old. <laughs> I think that's so, ever, I think that's everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the things you need to just make, you know, take care of your health and oh, absolutely. Try to do some exercise, you know, at times, and you know, you're gonna feel feel young. For sure, for sure. The first band I want to talk with you today, though, is him. Obviously, how did the yep. band start, and how did they? How did you guys all get together? The, they started before me because I did not play on the first album. Okay. So they, I think, I believe they started, was it 96? And I joined 99. They had released the first album. And actually, I, I used to play in a band called Curia. And he was actually supporting my band. Oh, really? I always mentioned this to Villa. Do you don't remember? You used to fucking support me, dude. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh, they parted ways with a drummer, and uh, and 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 they had still a uh, last leg to do in Germany, and Villa called me up because he had seen me playing with Curia and, and uh, he knew my playing style. He said, "Hey, do you wanna, you know, would you like to do that two weeks German stint still with us as a like a hired gun?" I said, "Yeah, why not?" I remember saying that, "Okay, uh, I'm gonna lose this and this because I was working." Like, I'm going to lose this and this much money. Do you think you guys could pay the same amount that I'm going to lose if I, you know, take off from from my work? Then they say, yeah, sure, we can do it. And that's fine. And I did it. And uh, I remember uh, the night before the last show, Vida was asking, like, how, so have you been liking, you know, the guys that you've been, do you like to play in the band? I said, yeah, yeah, sure. It's been, it's been fine. And then... Uh, Last show, I believe it was in Munich. And I remember he still asked uh, before the encore that, I mean, you have really, you, you really like, you know, to play in the band? I said, yeah, it's been fun. And I remember uh, we went back on stage to do the encore, then I really was introduced. And please let me introduce you to our new drummer, Gassi. <laughs> All right, awesome. Whoa. Then we played the encore, and that was it. I was supposed to do a two weeks uh stint stint as a hired gun but that ended up being a 16 years you know (laughs) so it was kind of funny that's awesome what'd you think when he announced it were you just like oh wow yeah it was kind of i was kind of a little bit hoping you know that maybe i could stay i don't know but i wasn't sure because he never they never you know revealed anything right 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 up until up until he announced it you know during the encore that's awesome. How did how did that end with the other band that you were previously with? Sorry. How did that end with the band that you were previously with? Oh, uh, the Curia. Yeah, we ended because we had problems a little bit with the singer. Okay. Uh, he uh, started to have too much, let's say, ego problems. He came to the practice room and uh, was bigger than Elvis. Oh, jeez. The rest of the guys just, you know, got fed with it, you know. Yeah. And then we said, "Fuck it, it doesn't, it's not, not gonna go anywhere." Because the, the 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 fact is, no one 
is bigger than the band itself. Absolutely. Yep. Not a singer member, not a singer, no one can be bigger than the, the band always is the biggest thing. So you cannot, especially in a practice room, where, where I believe everyone should be equal. You cannot, you know, be Elvis there, you know? Yes. And that oh, was yeah. the problem. And then we just, we released three albums with a German label called Gun Rivers. And um, I don't know, we just got fed with it, fed up with it. And that was it. And I think it was uh, after we quit that band, it was half a year, then Villa called. So I was kind of unemployed for half a year, even though I always had tons of project bands, but I did not have a main band for half a year, but then Villa called. So I bet that was, yeah, that seems like everything just kind of fell into place like it should. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have learned uh, in life, best way is if you don't look too much. Let's say you, uh, your girlfriend leaves you, then some people get really desperate looking for a new girlfriend. Then they look and look really desperate. Then it doesn't work. If you're uh, just to forget about it, then just live your life and then it's going to come your way, you know? exactly that's exactly thing, what happened yeah the same thing was as well the band like, i mean i lost my main band and then i had uh, i think three project bands i just kept on just playing with them and i was like okay let's see how this is gonna go and maybe one day you know but it wasn't too desperate right and right then it just called and he called and rest his history that's awesome that's never would have assumed that now with him how did you guys come up with the sound for love metal for the genre you guys created your uh, own sound for sure. It was all uh, Bill. So it was all Valo. Yeah, he wrote he wrote all the songs and uh, he uh, he's a a tremendous songwriter and in a way a genius because uh, I'm pretty sure always when he uh, brought a song to the practice room he knew right away by then how it's gonna sound like when it's recorded and mixed. So he had the, everything in his mind already when he, you know, was writing a song. So that's that was really really nice. Oh yeah, the song but, "Wings of a Butterfly." On are you a Spotify guy or are you an iTunes guy? I am a uh, iTunes guy. iTunes, okay. I'm not sure what the streams are for iTunes, but on Spotify, the song "Wings of a Butterfly" mm. currently has 29 million streams on Spotify. And oh, wow. uh, the music video, it has 13 million views. What okay. was the songwriting process behind that song? Is there a story behind that? No, same as always. It always went that way. That really came to the practice room. He was, uh, he took a guitar and then he was singing through the song and played guitar or humming. Then we started talking, okay, let's start to jam. Then he usually said, well, usually, especially the, after a couple of years, when I got used to what he was writing, I knew right about what I had to play. Then I just started playing, and he usually showed drums. Okay, exactly. That, that was what I was thinking, drum-wise. Then bass. And then he started to show, okay, you have to play like this, and blah, blah, blah. And later on. And then we just kept on jamming until it was good. It was always the same. Every song. Now, what about the music video? Who was directing on that? And how did you feel that video, that music video turned out? Uh, no, we made so many videos, I don't even remember how. And you guys were on like the top of a building and there's like the oh, hologram yeah. logo is like the, the spotlight. Yeah. I was never, it was always Ville. He had 
everything he's saying in videos. He he kind of decided everything. So and I, I was just a silent person, just doing my thing, performing. And it was all his his thing. He always he was always very uh, very much into you know talking to the director. Um, next song I want to talk to you about is the song "Join Me in Death." That has just shy of twenty five million streams on Spotify, and the music video has two point four million views. So, for the same instance, is it all Valo's? Everything, every song, every song was written exactly the same way. He came to the practice room always. He he sang through the song, played the guitar. Okay, this kind of. All right, let's start jamming. They all were every single time they were the same. And some songs uh, became bigger than the others. But all songs were, were uh, made in the same way. When did So when you guys were making all these songs, did you ever imagine that they'd be so popular like they are today? No, no. What was your reaction when you seen that, you know, that these songs were really blowing up? Yeah, because the thing, uh, you know, right away Razorblade, did really well. It went number one in Germany, and uh, the single "Join Me" went number one in Germany. Then, when things started to started to really take off, it went right away big. As soon as I, we were concentrating in uh, writing the next album or play the best ever show we can, and because we are all we were all musicians, none of us felt that we are rock stars. We are just musicians. We were concentrating on was just play the next ever thought too much about how much we have sold her, or we never talked about this thing. Because it's easy to kind of get lost and start to act like an asshole, you know? Yeah. I'm so proud of these guys because they were fairly young. I think Billa was about 20 years old when it happens. Start, start to turn turn into a weirdo. But he, he kept it really well together, and, and nobody in the band never acted like a asshole. And that was really cool. We were all really cool about it the whole time. I remember when uh, when Johnny went big in Germany, then of course you went to a bar in Helsinki and people came and tapped your shoulder. Uh, I want to be your friend. And like, hey, how do you do a rock star? I said, fuck, I'm not a rock star. I'm a, I'm a drummer. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a musician. I'm not a rock star. Please stop. I don't want to hear. And always like, hey, can I buy you a drink? After a while, I learned it's better to say no because if you accept the drink, they mean that they they think that you you can you have to spend with them the whole evening. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So then after a while, I got it. Then I was like, "Thank you. I have already I have already one. Thank you so much." But no, thank you. <laughs> oh man, that can make your life easier if you, as soon as you understand how it goes. When you guys were performing with him, what was your favorite song to play live? Um, Buried Alive by Love. It was fast. Buried Alive by Love? I think it was Buried Alive by Love. It's a fast song. I always loved playing that song. Yep. That was more special my playing. Because, you know, I like thrash metal and speed metal. So all the faster songs, I really like them. Even though, however, I like the balance as well. I mean, I like... Every single song he ever recorded, I like every song. Oh yeah, absolutely. But my, but my favorites were were were, uh, were the fast ones. Now, for anyone that didn't get a chance to see a hymn show, what was a hymn show 
in your opinion, what was what was it all about? Uh, we never had um, some uh, super awesome light or bombs or anything like, like that. It was just uh, five guys playing rock and roll, plain and simple. Just a rock show. And uh, I guess it was about our charisma, how we were on stage, what people really liked. Our fans were never waiting for any pyrotechnics or some like super big right big like a big boom <laughs> yeah like rammstein is doing you know yeah it was never like, that. It was only, like we only played a rock show we just went to play that was it and uh Vila was a great front man and people loved it it's plain and simple now when you guys toured what was a day like in the life for you because i know every band has their different you know routines that they do and whatnot mm-hmm. so what was it like for you when you guys were doing tours tours uh we did because uh, we had uh, all the mixing consoles, like the monitor consoles that were digital. So we usually did sound checks during the first three shows. And after that, then we, did, we never did sound checks. Okay. They, got, they got everything dialed in. So we had uh, off time until the show. So what I did, I, I like to go and walk around the cities wherever we were visiting that was kind of cool or i was in front of my laptop writing songs for other bands and but that was it pretty much i i like to go have a walks and i like to go eat somewhere because obviously you learn a lot about uh, a city or or, or or you know by eating the local food what was your favorite to, country to or city food. to play uh i was love la and new york New York and LA, yeah, and London, London as well. But yeah, LA and New York, uh, there's something special about those cities. Now, when you played but, those those sold out arena shows, what was going through your mind before and during the show when you seen all those crowds of people? The thing is that when you have a big, how do I say, a lot of people in the audience, you don't kind of see it. It's like a turn up. It turns out like a big mass. Like the biggest shows we ever played was uh, for 90,000. We played the uh, last band at the 50 Secret Festival in, uh, in uh, Hungary. And that was 90,000. But it's like so, so many people. So it's just a, like a great mass. You don't kind of recognize it it's scarier to play in front of your friends in a club for like 400 people yeah <laughs> but uh i never actually never thought about it i was always so, i was always so concentrated i always uh meditate a little bit before a show and, and and stretch and i'm just so concentrated in going in and play the best show i can play that evening so i don't think about how big venue we're playing you know it, it doesn't right, matter right. It doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter if you play in front of 200 people or 100,000 people. It doesn't matter. It's still the same thing. You play the same songs with the same band, band members. So to me, I never, I wasn't considering about those things. It didn't matter what size venue it was. My favorite was always like a 2,000 seater. Then it's not too big and, and it's more intimate, you know, because the audience is closer to the stage. Right, right. I like those 2000s. And that's just my favorite 2000s. Perfect. 
Now, what was the craziest thing that you've seen on tour, whether it happened to you guys or it's just something that you saw? Oh, there's so many. I remember one, one story. We were in uh, Hamburg, the Raperman, which is where you have the hookers, but as well all the tattoo studios and all the rock clubs are in the same area. So it's kind of the only happening area in that town. The rest of the town is really boring. Anyway, uh, we're staying at the hotel after the show. Uh, there were some fans, and there was one fan, they gave a pair of scissors from the reception. She came and took a piece of Willis hair. <laughs> but she was completely wasted, but I don't know, drugged out. Who knows if she could have hit his eye or something. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Who, who the fuck gives the scissors to a drunken person? You know? <laughs> that, was a bit, that was a bit of a scary though. Anything could have happened there. That's something that's something that I've always, you know, it's gonna stay in my mind. That was crazy. That was crazy. Who does that, you know? Yeah, what was Valo's reaction to that? Was he just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was of course he jumped up and what the hell is this <laughs> She could have fucking poked him, you know, in the heart or something. What do you know? That was crazy. Anyway, weird. Oh my god, that is uh, crazy. Yeah, another thing, uh, talking about, we did a lot of signing sessions, you know. Mm -hmm. Craziest one we did was in Poland for 2,500 people. You do 2,500 signatures. I think it took us like nine hours or something. Oh, my God. But if you sit behind the table and just sign and sign and sign and sign, that was crazy. That's, that is crazy. And you got to interact with all those people. You know, you got to at least say hi and get pictures, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. But I don't, I don't mind. I mean, if it makes the fans happy, you know, that's nice. Yeah. If I sign, you know, on the way from the, the venue to the tour bus, I sign an autograph. It takes like two seconds of my time. So exactly. I do, yeah. I do. If it makes a person happy, then of course I'm going to do it. Absolutely. Now you guys have done a mm -hmm. couple different covers, such as Wicked Game uh, by Chris Isaac. And then you did Don't Fear the Reaper from Blue Oyster mm -hmm. Cult. What made you decide to do those songs? Yeah. Yeah. Vila. 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 Vila decided let's play, make those songs. Vila. He decided let's let's do those songs. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever get any feedback it's from the actual bands? His, his, the him is basically his well, everything is uh not that I remember. Maybe Vila did, I don't know. But uh I don't remember us talking about that, so most possibly we did not. Yeah. Was there any other songs that you guys were going to cover, but you never got around to doing it? Mm, well, there were some songs, but I cannot remember now. It was five years ago since I quit, so I have a short memory. <laughs> we had some songs, yeah. I just don't remember now what. But for sure, that he had some songs in his mind. Now, do you guys all stay in contact still, or how does that go about with since the band's yeah. broken up? Unfortunately, not with Vilda, I don't, but uh, I have a new band, Flat Earth, and I have Linda, you know, playing with me. So I stay in contact, of course, with him the whole time. And, and as well, I, I met with Mika and, and Burton, and it's fine. It's been nice. We've been hugging each other. They're my brothers. What's uh, one of the most memorable things that you can remember from being in him along that 16-year journey? Uh, oh, there's so many. One has to be uh, 
for sure uh, getting a gold record from America. That's a big thing because him is still the only Finnish band who ever got gold in America. So that 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 is one of those those things, of course. Uh, one of those things that that I will remember forever. It's a kind of tough thing to do, actually, as a European man. But no, of course, tons of great shows. Tons of great shows because I'm a person who loves to play live. That's for me the awesomest thing in life is to play a live show. So, so many good shows. It's too many to mention, but there, there's so many good shows. And of course, uh, being in a studio recording great albums, that's nice. And oh my God, there's so many good things, you know. When you, uh, with your whole career as being a musician, what's one conflict or failure that you faced and what'd you do to overcome that? Uh, with him, I don't know. I think everything went really smooth. I don't, I don't have now anything that I would have liked to read. It, everything in my mind went exactly how we planned. So uh, I don't know, did we get luckier? But uh, I would not change anything. Yeah. It went all 100% smooth, which is you know, weird. Usually it, it doesn't go like that for bands, but there's nothing that I would regret. Of course, uh, now with a new band, it's tough with Flat Earth. Uh, we are a new rock band, and at the moment, rock is not very hip music. Radio just don't play rock. Mm -hmm. So it's very tough to have a new rock band. Really, really tough. Now, what was the reasoning behind him? I told breakup. the guys that we started the band. Now it's going to read what? I don't know. I don't know. I left. I uh, There's many reasons why I left, but uh, in the end, it started to feel boring. Uh, same venues and same same thing all over again, and and uh, I felt I wanted to play a little bit more metal. I had a dream to start again a thrash metal band, mm -hmm. but I ended up joining two doom metal bands that are even slower music. But <laughs> in the end, it was still metal. I felt really in my heart being a metal guy. I, I wanted to play more, more. I wanted to play more metal. Yeah. And uh, him is rock, so. For me, it, it, I just wanted to change. I wanted to change in my life. And I changed. I don't know the reason why they eventually then then finished or, or, or split the band. But that, I don't know. I haven't talked about, about that. But that is something you have to ask the other guys. Yeah. So what's currently going on with Flat Earth? Um. We recorded the second album. We are looking now for a record label. That is what's up now. Uh, we were supposed to have a uh, German slash UK tour, but it got postponed two times because of COVID, of course. Yeah. So uh, hoping that the tour, tour buses are going to start rolling again, you know, in fall, 
yeah. that's my my I really hope for that. So whenever it's possible, uh, we, whenever it's possible, we're gonna do those shows and uh, try to land a good support tour as well. I think that would be wise for us being a new band to get a new support, like a, get a great support slot with a band that had that are playing a little bit bigger venues. In that way, you reach more people than you would play like small 300 seaters. You know, in the cities, you have to do the same thing seven times in order to reach the same amount. If you had to land a gig for you play venues for like 2,000, that's what I'm hoping for. That would be the next uh, thing for us, I think, a good thing to do. But let's see. We're, we are working, we are still practicing. Every, well, not every day, but we are keeping on practicing and gonna soon start writing new songs, maybe. I don't know. But the album is recorded, the second one, and I think it sounds really great. Just hoping that it's gonna get released eventually at some day, you know, one day. Now, with uh, if it wasn't for music, what would your plan be of then? Uh, music. I'm now nowadays no, it's kind of little music music things. I'm not a day working as a drum tech. I I'm a very good drum tuner, so I do uh, studio sessions. I go in and tune the drums for the drummers because not many drummers, which is surprising, they don't know how to tune their drum kit. But I do, so uh, they ask me to come in and help. That's something, but that that is that is music related, so it doesn't count. Uh, I don't know. I used to be a carpenter. Oh, really? That's something I did before I joined him. And I did a little bit as well now. I quit now, but I did it for like two years. Uh, that's something I like to do. I like to build houses. Is it very popular that, over know. there in Finland? Carpenting. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, yeah, is, that, of course. is there a lot of every, people that... Every country, yeah. I say uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's, uh, there, there are jobs if you want yeah. carpentry jobs. There's still available jobs. There's, oh yeah, definitely. So aside doing music and doing drums and everything, what are some of the hobbies that you're into? Uh, like I said, the previous question, I have not thought about because uh, music is my life. I have not thought about anything else. So I hope that I can do music until the day I die. But other hobbies, uh, oh God, I'm a huge hockey fan. I'm a big Pittsburgh Penguins fan. I have uh, three tattoo Penguins tattoos. I've been uh, watching some games in America and Canada and, and I'm at home I'm watching now from television. And that is my hobby, being a hockey fan. And of course, like every other person, I like to watch movies and and go for dinners with my wife. And it's just normal stuff. Yeah, yeah. But hockey is hockey is the number one thing for me, for sure. Now, before we close this out, I just want to ask: um, How did you come up? How did you get the name Gas Lipstick? Oh, that's a funny story. Um, with my old band, Curia, we went out partying. And then 
we had an idea that how about we start a uh, like a hair metal band, like this Motley Crue Poison type of band, like just for laughs. Okay, but then we need artist names. Then somebody said, because they used to call me Gas. So then somebody was like, how about if you're, if you're called Gas Lipstick? That's a little bit like a poison sounding name. I said, yeah, why not? Then it kind of stuck with me, that name. I remember telling him and Willem was, how about that gas lipstick? And I used that bit too. I said, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna stay in the hist rock history with that name. He said, come on, you know, people know you already. Keep it, okay. And then it kind of stuck with me, you know. But that's the story. We decided to form a hair metal band, like for laughs, and <laughs> then we needed like artist names. And then somebody was like, okay, how about gas lipstick? Okay. That's the story. I was always expecting you to be, you know, having to do with something with gasoline and lipstick. I had no idea. Because <laughs> I remember I got the name Gas. Uh, because I moved uh, from uh, Sweden to Finland. And I used to have this gas mask bag where I had some stuff on, you know, I put some, some stuff and then people said, okay, you're going to be called gas. Because <laughs> of that. That's where gas name came from. I had a gas mask bag I was carrying like an old, uh, old, uh, like a military. Anyway, that's, that's how I got my name gas. And then, like I said, the lipstick came from that idea that let's form a, uh, hair metal band. Okay, we need artist names. Then somebody was like, okay, gas lipstick, how about that? All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today, buddy. What time is it over there? Yeah. Quite late, it's fairly late. Let me see, it must be around nine-ish maybe. Let me see. Uh, it is five to nine p. Five to nine p.m. Almost nine p.m. Oh, geez, yeah. It's for almost... you, it's it's. it's... For you, I think is it like minus seven hours or minus eight? I think it's uh, seven. It's about one. It's almost one o'clock. Five to one. Okay. So yeah. Uh, then it's eight hours. Eight. Yeah. Okay. because yeah, New, New York is seven hours. Yeah, I go off for Chicago time. Yeah, that is eight hours. Okay. Yeah, so funny with uh, the world and what LA LA is like eleven or something. Yeah, because they're on they're three hours behind what I am. You know, and the Japanese people are already sleeping. So. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well, yeah, dude, I appreciate you talking with me today, and I'll stay in touch with you. Yeah, sure. Thank you. It was really nice. It was a, it's a pleasure. Thank you, buddy. Nice. Thank you. Have a nice one. Uh, you too, buddy. And stay safe. You stay as well. safe. Okay. Bye.